0: We think that the changes are going to happen so quickly here that within five to 10 years, the world will not look the same.
1: Hello, and welcome to Views at TD Securities. I'm your host, Andres Rincon. In our second episode, we have the pleasure of hosting a trailblazer and thought leader in the world of finance and disruptive innovation. Joining us all the way from St. Petersburg, Florida is Kathy Woods, CEO and CIO of Arc Investments. Kathy, thank you for joining us.
0: My pleasure, Andreas. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Look, we're really looking forward to hosting you today and having you on our buy side views, but I'm going to kick it off really, really easy. Okay. All right, simple question for you, Kathy, how often do you come to Canada?
0: Three times a year. Um, and, uh, we have a new partnership with, uh, uh, BMO, BMO. And, uh, so we're probably going to be touring more and more often.
1: Oh, that's great to see. I'm going to tell you a little bit of an anecdote. The first time I saw you with CSTA 2019 in Whistler, uh, you were speaking at a panel and everybody was in awe about what you, about arc and the future. I was moderating a different panel and I can tell you didn't, you know, it didn't get me to where you are today. Um, but uh, it was it was great to see you there. And I do hope that some of those trips to Canada add value to you. We're not necessarily known as a hub of innovation, although we will always have BlackBerry, right? Um, but, uh, you know, we are a disruptor in ETFs, first Bitcoin ETF, spot Bitcoin ETF, first ETF, uh, first fixed income ETF, and also very big in actively managed ETFs. Um, which you know a little bit about, of course.
0: Absolutely. Actually, Canada blazed that trail and, uh, and maybe made it a little easier for us. You know, actually, people understood, anyone who had studied the Canadian market understood that it was possible. Uh, but there were a lot, of, uh, a lot of people here in the United States who only knew ETFs as, as passive, and they just didn't know what to do with us. So congratulations, Canada.
1: <laughs> and, and, and Kathy, sticking with the theme of innovation, uh, you've been a thought leader for well over a decade. And so I want you to take us back early into your career. And was there a catalyst that moved you into this space? Was it at, as early as USC or at uh, Topalow or at Alliance Bernstein or Capital Group? Where did it start?
0: Yeah, I guess in my childhood, my my father was a design engineer for radar systems and was always talking about the dawn of the electronic age, and uh, so that was kind of infectious. Uh, but I think when I uh, got into the business and got to Jenison Associates in in New York City, um, I uh, I was given the opportunity to get into equity research in addition to doing economic analysis. And, uh, but I was told uh, by Sig who just passed recently, God bless him, he just did an amazing amount for, for young people in our business. Um, he told me, yes, you go ahead and do that, but you have to find your own stocks. And so I was, uh, And and by the way, no analyst is going to donate their stocks to you. And so I was like this little dog under the table, scrapping around for anything that others didn't want. And so I ended up with with what I called back then fall through the cracked stocks, like Reuters and Telerate. Those were called. This was in the 80s. Database publishing companies, and the technology analysts didn't want it because it had publishing in it. The publishing analysts didn't want want them because they had. Uh, technology in the name or in the description, uh, they didn't know what to do with these. And so I said, yes. And, and what do you know that turned into the internet at the end of the day? Right. So, uh,
1: (laughs) so you were able to cross the silos, I guess, and that's that was your niche at the time.
0: Absolutely. I, uh, I was calling them fall through the crack stocks today. We describe the same thing as convergence between and among technologies and technology permeating every sector, every industry and blurring the lines between them.
1: So is it fair to say that Genison Associates was where the big bang of disruptive innovation happened? Is that fair?
0: Yes. I, I think Sig uh, Gallus knew Mr. Hewlett and Mr. Packard. I mean, mm. he... He was an analyst in the 60s. And so his love of technology also was infectious. And there was one other, I would think, uh, seminal experience uh, in my, early in my career, and that was at Capital Group. Capital Group, uh, great research teams with very long-term time horizons. Uh, and uh, I think that has influenced my thinking as well. You know, we have at ARC... Uh, a five-year investment time horizon. Most people in our industry actually are looking backwards, (laughs) to be honest, you know, or at least they're looking at current quarter. Time horizons have shrunk. Risk-off is a difficult period for innovation, but it's also, as I say to my team, now is the time we're going to make our future performance. And so we concentrate our portfolios towards our highest conviction names during difficult times. And it usually works out pretty well.
1: So Kathy, sticking with the Big Bang and the Big Ideas, you do have a very well-read report, your Big Ideas report. It's a must read for the financial industry. I went through it recently, 153 pages, but it's still a very good read. Uh, Can you talk to us a little bit about the ARC's 5 innovation platforms for the future that you talked to in this report?
0: Yes, so the five platforms, are multiomic sequencing. So it's no longer just DNA sequencing, it's RNA, it's protein, it's methylation, it's complicated. (laughs) It's a very important topic though, because uh, we're unlocking the uh, codes to life and death and longevity. So so multiomic sequencing, robotics, energy storage, artificial intelligence, and blockchain technology. And I think As you saw at the beginning of that report, our chief futurist, Brett Winton, um, did a a section on the convergence between and among these platforms. And so what we're beginning to see are S-curves feeding other S-curves feeding other S-curves, which means super exponential growth. Uh, and, And it really has already started. Many people last year ignored some of the innovation breakthroughs until we got to the end of the year, uh, chat GPT, And actually, that really uh, didn't become really uh, didn't become a big deal in terms of headlines until this year. And I think it's doing a lot to wake people up as to how quickly innovation is advancing here
1: and and you know that's a very good point because one of the slides that really caught my attention, in your report, it's one that, and I'm going to paraphrase, says that by 2030, most of uh, growth or equi- most of equity value will come from disruptive innovation platforms. And what was really interesting is that half of that, if not more, came from AI. But some of these technologies are fairly early on, I would say. So, can you tell me how AI will play a role in the day to day economy?
0: Well, we're, we're already seeing, I, uh, today, IBM announced that they are not going to be hiring any more back office people. Uh, right. they're going to, they're going to, and that would be about 5,000 that they're not going to hire this year. And, and probably not in the future, uh, because chat GPT can do, uh, or GPT three, GPT four, uh, can do a lot of tasks and, you know, Even programming, uh, we're seeing uh, developer productivity double, and we think it will go up tenfold. And we're being surprised uh, day to day at the leaps that AI uh, is taking. Uh, We think that the biggest winners in AI, and sure, there are the -the check-the-box companies like Microsoft with OpenAI and NVIDIA, but they're priced for this now. The companies that are not priced for the benefits that AI will offer are those companies that not only have domain expertise in these innovative platforms that I just mentioned, but have AI expertise because AI is going to permeate every sector. And most importantly, once you have those two, proprietary data. So look for company, because open AI. And most of the open source AI platforms are, are really going to commoditize, you know, it's just all the data from the Internet uh, and everybody can have it. And even though o- open AI is starting to try and close its ecosystem and start charging, you have a company like Meta Platforms coming out with Llama saying, no way, we're going to keep pushing the envelope here. And you have academics uh, in universities doing the same thing, and Canada, of course, is known for its AI expertise a lot of a lot of tech companies are locating divisions in Canada because of the AI expertise there. Uh, so and that's a big competitive advantage for Canada. You know, I always look at uh, terms of trade when uh, I'm thinking about currencies. and longer term, if you keep uh, your AI uh expertise engine going, that's going to become um uh, uh that's going to represent comparative advantage to you. And and I think longer term will benefit uh the Canadian currency.
1: Yeah, and we have Ottawa and Waterloo, a couple other places where we've seen quite a bit of advancements there. <laughs> Kathy, um, in, in, in your reports, you talk, uh, a lot of your your views are long-term forecasts. And, you know, some of them might play out exactly. Some of them may be short of that. But if, let's say, all your views play out, which industries do you think will be most impacted? We've already seen, just to be clear, we've already seen it in auto. You obviously brought that quite a bit. Um, I recently listened to one of your podcasts on the construction business, and it was fascinating how it's actually developing that space, but are there any industries that you see really impacted?
0: We actually think every industry is going to be impacted and now some are obvious. Uh, and so you'll see tremendous disruption, yes, in. Not just autos, but the entire transportation industry, including regional airlines, Uh, according and this was in Big Ideas, according to our analysis, up to 60 percent of all short haul haul flights we think um, uh, will succumb to autonomous uh, driving uh, because uh, we're going to set up our offices or our our beds or whatever and <laughs> uh, and uh, take that kind of transportation um to get from one place to another and avoid a lot of hassle um uh, so all of transportation delivery uh the the drones and air taxis uh we think are going to disrupt the delivery uh business now FedEx and UPS and others are are working on this but there are some pure plays and you know we always um we always uh, try to, with with our analysis, look at uh, pure plays and how quickly they'll be able to scale, uh, because they they they're not being disintermediated or disrupted and therefore distracted, uh, like some of these other companies are. Certainly, this has been the case uh, with uh, electric vehicles. Tesla didn't have to worry about the internal combustion engine in it, and and from the beginning, it 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 began to think about cars without human drivers. Those are two big hurdles that the traditional auto manufacturers have to overcome. I think in the convergence section of big ideas, you see that the biggest beneficiary um, uh, of all of these technologies, first of all, the five platforms which involve 14 different technologies, the biggest beneficiary is uh, transportation. Autonomous taxi platforms, which we think will uh, w- will scale from essentially nothing now to somewhere in the eight to ten trillion dollars of revenue globally by 2030. That's not that far away.
1: And you think uh, just a, a two quick follow ups, mostly in, in Asia, where you think it'll catch on faster? Asia, North America?
0: Well, the the place where there's more economic value. Uh, to to it catching on is in the higher cost areas of the world, higher mm. transportation costs and higher labor costs, uh, and so that would mean the developed world would be the bigger beneficiary. Now, um, that's in economic terms. in In terms of China, it has set its the the course, meaning from the top down, the leaders there want technology, they want to be technology leaders, so they're racing to uh, get into autonomous. And we'll see. We'll see um, how that works. You know, there are 15 cities already around the world that have some autonomous uh, driving. Here in the United States, we know cruise automation is uh, in San Francisco. I took a ride and it's it's mind-blowing. It it is mind-blowing to think that we're not going to be driving our vehicles.
1: Wow, And Kathy, I, I'm afraid to to ask, but what about the and and you don't have to be very long here, but what about the banking industry?
0: Okay, that is a bit of a macro well macro question. There, uh, it's macro and it's innovation. So on the innovation side, let's start there. We do believe that the traditional banking system is going to give way to digital wallets, which will effectively be. Bank branches in our pocketbooks, right, or in our our pockets or our pocketbooks, <clears throat> a little bit like uh, the smartphone became computers in our pockets or our pocketbooks. Um, now, uh, digital wallets. So it's going to be a winner-take-most world, and so we're trying to figure out who who's in the running for that. Now, of course, regular regulations in different countries will prevent this from a timing point of view. I think. Uh, Canada's uh, big banks, I mean, they, they control the ecosystem, seems to work pretty well. Um, and so, it, you know, it may not take hold in, in Canada as quickly as uh, it will in other countries. Uh, in terms of what's going on with the regional banking system in the United States, there were two big mistakes in terms of assumptions that banks made during COVID. And they were both understandable. You know, everybody's blaming them, blaming them, but they were both understandable. We thought the economy was going to go into a depression. And so the Fed, if you look at its forecast out through the end of this year, had short-term interest rates down at 0.2%. So banks uh, assumed that we would be in, remain in a very low interest rate environment for a long time. And they put all of this stimulus money that flowed into deposits... Uh, into long-term government-backed securities, yielding very little, 1.5%. That was the first mistake. The the mistake was that they didn't have a scenario, at least from a testing point of view, suggesting that interest rates would go up 20-fold. Now, the reason they didn't have that is it's never happened. It's never happened in history. So that's the first mistake. And the second mistaken assumption was that deposits would not leave the system. They are leaving the system and rushing into money market funds, especially the government-backed ones. And what's happening, therefore, is as they leave the system, uh, the banking system, and go into government-backed money, uh, treasury securities, they lay fallow there. They're not used for loans or anything. Uh, And banks lose their lending capability. So I uh, I believe we are in the early stages of a massive credit crunch and it is uh, it's interesting uh, for me to hear the debate about soft landing and hard landing when you know there's a very simple equation out there mv equals pq. PQ is nominal GDP and uh, mv is money times velocity, and they have to equal each other. Money in the United States as of March, M2, was down 4% year over year. During crises, velocity falls. So I think that combination is going to cause uh, very serious problems uh, with uh, GDP growth. And I'm very surprised that other economists are not pointing this out.
1: Cathy, another area where you've innovated or disrupted the industry is in research. This area is uh, fairly close to home. I write a lot of research and it's we know it's hard work. I see the value and it's good that you've innovated in this space too. Can you give us an overview of ARC's open research architecture ecosystem?
0: Open uh, research ecosystem, uh, effectively, we give our research away. And uh, many people say, what, why? Uh, we get back so much more than we give because we are pushing our research out not when it's finished, but as it's evolving. And there are innovators on Twitter who look at our research and value our research and and love to see where we think their industries are going. But if they see an incorrect assumption, they flag it for us. They want us to be right. It's a great battle test for research. And the other reason we give our research away is We have a mission and one of our values is to educate, not just investors, uh, but to invest, uh, uh, to educate parents and grandparents about how quickly the world is going to change and how to guide their children and grandchildren uh, toward the right side of change. We uh, We think that the changes are going to happen so quickly here that within five to 10 years, the world will not look the same. Uh, and so we hope uh, big ideas are big ideas. And uh, thank you, Andreas, for uh, for mentioning it uh, is a part of that.
1: Look, and, and one of the questions that we get all the time from our advisors is how do I get access to Kathy's IP and strategies here in Canada? Um, so we obviously have our, our products in the U.S., but how do you get access here in Canada?
0: Yes. Uh, so we just launched uh, with uh, BMO. Uh, and uh, I'm very happy that uh, uh, they agreed to use the tickers that we use here in the U.S. So the flagship strategy, the multiomics uh, revolution strategy, and uh, our next generation internet strategy, which includes uh, fintech and blockchain technology.
1: Well, Kathy, it's been a pleasure hosting you today on Buy Side Views. Thank you very much for your time.
0: Thank you, Andreas. Thank you so much.
1: To our audience, thank you for tuning in and until next time. Thank you for listening to Buy Side Views at TD Securities. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. For more thought leadership content, visit tdsecurities.com and follow us on LinkedIn for all the latest TD Securities updates. For relevant disclaimers to this series, please refer to the episode page on our website.